Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. So I'll make this bold confession. Say this after me. Say, I receive everything that God has for me in Jesus' name. Now give somebody a high five and you can be seated. If you're watching online, I just want to say thank you for doing that. Many people watch our services live as well as the replays throughout the week. It means the world to us that you would take time out of your day like that. I did want to extend an invitation, though. If you're ever in College Station, Texas, why don't you come out to a New Heights Church service live? I promise you, me and everybody here will make you feel right at home in Jesus' name. All right. I'm going to teach real quick on my favorite Bible story, if I can even say that. The reason I say that is because I've been asked my whole life, what's your favorite scripture? Does anybody have a favorite Bible verse? Just wave at me. I've been asked my whole life what my favorite Bible verse is, and, and, I, and I, I don't really have one. My favorite Bible verse is the verse that I need right then. For instance, if I'm sick in my body, I like Isaiah 53, 5 that says, by his stripes, I am healed. Come on, somebody. Uh, I like when I'm feeling a little deflated and I feel like I, 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 I'm, I'm insecure or I'm not as confident as I'd like to be at a moment. I like Philippians 4.13 that says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So I like Bible verses when I need them because the scripture says, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. The Bible also is called the water of the word. So I just believe the Bible verse that I need in that moment is my favorite one for the day. But if I had to pick one, I would pick two. Okay. But if I had to pick one, it would be found in Daniel chapter number three. If you have your Bible, open up to Daniel chapter number three. I'm going to talk about three guys today. You might've heard about them if you're, if you've been in church, but if you haven't, you're, you're going to meet them and you're going to love them. They're named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they were some really, really great guys that lived a long time ago. And the Bible says that there was a king named Nebuchadnezzar. Everybody say Nebuchadnezzar. By the way, on a scale of 1 to 10, you guys are like a 12 today. So you guys are really on. But the guy's name that was the king was Nebuchadnezzar. And he developed this statute that if... If people heard music playing, that they had to bow to a golden image that he had created. He had had created of himself. Sounds a little conceited if you ask me. But he had this golden image created of himself. And every time the music played, that he had to, the people had to fall on their face and worship. And that was the law. Now, sounds kind of wild, but there are places on planet Earth right now that you can go to certain regions. And when they have certain music play a call to prayer, you are required by law to face a certain way, get down on your face and bow. So what we are going to read about today is not that unheard of. Matter of fact, it's happening right now. So the Bible says that he, he had this statute made, but, but the whole law was created to try to catch Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And to try to catch them and try to either force them into denying their God, uh, which is our God, or to catch them in the act. Because the penalty, the penalty for not doing it was to be killed. So here we go. Daniel chapter 3, verse number 9. The scripture says that 
these, they, they had played some music and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't bow. And some guys came to the king and they said, King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Verse 10, you, O king, you made a law or a decree that every person that hears the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoever does not fall down and worship, he should be cast into the middle of the burning, fiery furnace. So effectively, some guys came to tattle on the Hebrews, on, on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that were not bowing. They came to tell the king that it wasn't happening. So they come to the king and they say, listen, didn't you say, you made a law, that if, when we play the music, if, if, if people don't bow, they're going to be thrown in the burning, fiery furnace. Now, it's important to understand that the Bible is not just storytelling. This is history. Everybody say history. This is history. This happened. When you say it fast, or you read it, especially in King James, it sounds poetic. It can almost be thought of like movie-esque. The reason we can watch movies and see things happen is because we don't believe it's real. We know it's not real. But when you read the Bible, you have to understand this is not a movie. This actually happened. When you teach your kids, you, you teach them that this actually took place. So the concept of, of a burning fiery furnace, when you say it quickly, it almost sounds cute. Oh, cute, a burning fiery furnace. We're talking about cooking people alive. We're talking about building a fire and taking human beings... And throwing them in the fire until their skin melts off of their body and they die. That's what we're talking, that's the death that we're talking about. We're not talking about lethal injection where you won't feel a thing. We're not talking about uh, uh, a firing squad where it'll be quick. We're talking about they're gonna throw you in a barbecue pit and cook you until you are D-E-D dead. This is a very intense moment. So when you read about like David fighting Goliath, you, you can't picture it like a movie. He really fought Goliath. When you hear about David killing a lion and a bear, he didn't kill the lion and a bear with a high-powered rifle from 400 yards away. He was right in the face of the lion and the bear when it happened. This really happened. So the threat of being burned alive was a significant threat. And they said, if you don't worship this golden image, we're going to cook you like a Hebrew marshmallow. Number one, for all you note takers out there. You're going to worship something. Shakespeare made a comment one time in one of the plays. He wrote, it says, a rose by any other name would still smell as sweet. Jake, it's about to get real quiet in here. We don't call it worship, but your life tells what you worship. Here's a couple of examples. <laughs> I was trying to think of a way that I could word it where it wouldn't hit so hard, but I can't. If you knew every, if you know every word that comes on the country radio station, but you don't know two worship songs... You can say, this is who I worship, but your life says something else. 
If you know every hip-hop song on the top 40 charts or every pop song or whatever, fill in the blank with your favorite genre, but you don't know two worship songs and your house, nothing wrong with other music, in general, there is some music out there that I would stay away from personally, but just because... Just because there's another kind of music that doesn't make it wrong or anything like that. But when that is the primary focus of your life, you can say you worship something, but your life says something else. When when you know everybody's name on The Bachelorette, but you can't name two disciples. See what I'm saying? You can say what you worship, but your life says something else. Oh, we don't call it worship. We just go, oh, that's my hobby. Listen, it could be, it could be a golf ball. It could be a car. It could be, uh, uh, fishing. It could be shopping. It could be anything. Anything can take the, the place or the precedence over actually worshiping the Lord your God. You have to make sure what you say is actually being validated and verified by what you actually do. You gotta get to the place where you recognize when my, when my life song is written, I want it said of me, there lies a man who lived, died, breathed, and worshiped Almighty God with every part of his life. You're going to worship something. Oh, I know we don't call it the same thing. I, I'll give you an example. We, 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 we rename things to make them easier for us to deal with. When I was a kid, we used to eat at this restaurant that had really great sandwiches. And so we were sitting there. We were about to eat this. this I was going to get a sandwich, and I was so excited. And they said, hey, we have a special today. And it was on the little thing on the table. And I said, okay, I'm reading it. What's the special? And the special was quiche. I later found out quiche. So I didn't know what quiche was because I'm from East Texas. In East Texas, we ate meat and potatoes. And then every other day, we ate potatoes and meat. Praise the Lord. So here's this dish of of quiche. They're saying, we're going to have some quiche. It's very good. We make it in-house. It's homemade quiche. I said, well, that sounds funny. But hey, what's quiche? I said, Dad, what's quiche? And my dad told me exactly this. He said, men don't eat quiche. And to this day, I've never had a bite of quiche. Now, I've never had a bite of quiche, but if somebody walks in and says, would you like some quiche? I simply flip the script. I say, you mean egg casserole. Because a man can eat egg casserole. But apparently men don't eat quiche. Why? Because we rename things to make them more palatable. It's my hobby. It's not your hobby. You're worshiping that. Well, how do I know when it's too far? If you got to ask the question, it needs some investigation. Because you're going to worship something, something in your life. What are you known for? Are you known for being the smart aleck? Are you known for being the person when I tell you, she'll tell everybody what she's thinking. I tell you, hey, he'll tell you what's on his mind. It doesn't matter who's, is that what you're, is that what you want on your tombstone? You were willing to be arrogant and a jerk in front of everybody? Because you've built this facade of who you are? Or do you want your life 
to be a worship album that says my entire life when I'm on the job site, I'm magnifying God. When I'm in school, I'm magnifying God. When I'm busy, I'm magnifying God. When I'm at the gym, I'm magnifying God. When I'm at the house of God, I'm magnifying God. You say, what does that look like? It looks like a life that is focused on the one who set you free. That's what it looks like. Number one, you're going to worship something. So they go and they, they tell on him. And, and, and he says, didn't you say you were going to throw him in the fiery furnace? He said, yeah. Well, verse 12 says this. There are certain, everybody say certain. Come on, say it strong. There are certain Jews whom you have sent over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, they have not regarded you. They serve not your gods nor worship the golden image which you set up. And Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that they would they brought them before the king. Number two, everybody's not going to experience everything. But certain will. I don't think Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were the only Jews there that day. They were just the only ones that didn't bow. You ready? Okay. You know a lot about somebody by their friends, but you really know about somebody by their enemies. When you find out what somebody stands for, then you find out what they're willing to give up. And it's, it's taxing and it will become more taxing. And I'm about to say some things a lot of times in churches it makes people shout and that's not why I'm about to say it. I'm about to say it not with any animosity towards anybody because their vision is real plain. To love people and point them to Christ. But it does not matter how popular an opinion gets if it is contrary to the Bible. Every person in this story was bowing to a golden image. And three young men refused. It's not going to become more popular in the world's eyes. It doesn't matter how popular the concept of redefining marriage is. God's Bible says marriage is between one man and one woman. And you've got to come to the place. Now, if you've got a problem with that, you, you might think you have a problem with me, but you actually have a problem with the Word of God. Because I don't set my opinions. I do not make my own opinions. When we got married... Crystal and I, we talked about it. We said we refuse to have opinions. The Bible is correct. And we will modify our position based off of what that scripture says. Except for on cake. Chocolate cake is amazing. Praise the Lord. But you got to get to the place. And you got to be prepared before you get there. To stand for what God said. Because sometimes silence is okay, but sometimes silence is condoning what is wrong. Marriage is not redefined just because what is popular is changing. Matter of fact, if you remember, I'll tell you, the spiritual elements to what's going on are massive. 
the front pages of our newspaper are reading like the back pages of our Bible. But just case in point, there was a day whenever wickedness so wrapped the earth that God said, I got to start over. And he looked down and he saw Noah and his family. He said, I'll start over with you. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cause it to rain and I'm going to drown out all this wickedness. They have turned away from God. They have, they have become reprobate. Nothing is right. Nothing is wrong. And, and uh, God told Noah to build an ark, a boat. And it took 100 years or so for him to build the boat. It rained for 40 days and 40 nights. He had all the animals on the boat, two of each kind. And the Bible says after the rains subsided, that boat rested on Mount Ararat. And when it rested on Mount Ararat and it finally dried up enough, the Bible said Noah and his family came out of the boat. When they came out of the boat, the Bible says that he, he, he offered a, a sacrifice to God. And the Bible says that that sacrifice or his offering came up as a sweet perfume and it went all the way to heaven. And God said this. He said, I will never again smite the earth in this manner. And as a sign of my promise, he put a bow or what we call a rainbow in the sky between heaven and earth. So that when we look up at the sky after, after it rains or while it's raining, we know it's not going to be a rain that's going to destroy the earth because God has promised that I'm never going to going to destroy the earth like that again. Now, those that celebrate a marriage that is contrary to God's word, they probably didn't do this on purpose, but everything behind the scenes did this on purpose. They chose a rainbow flag to be the representation of the movement that they're trying to propagate. And the reality is that rainbow flag, a flag is something that is supposed to be in the sky and waving. In other words, they are waving the sign of the promise back at God saying, we're going to do what we want and you promise that you're not going to destroy the earth again. We can get away with anything we want. Waving the promise back at God that he shine down at earth. See, you can't change what God said because it's not popular. You can't change what God said because of a feeling or an inclination. If you're prone to having a bad temper... If you give in to that feeling indefinitely, you are wrong. You can't rewrite it and say, well, I was just made this way with a bad temper. No, that was an inclination that's certainly there that you've got to war against. Well, how long do I have to war against it? Until Jesus Christ comes back or until you go to heaven, that's how long you war against an inclination that's contrary to the word of the living God. So we can't change it just because... The world has made it popular. Do you understand what I'm saying? Certain people are going to experience things at a different level than other people. Another one, just, just so we'll be real quick, uh, another significantly hot topic. A baby is a baby is a baby is a baby. A baby is not a fetus. Other than, I guess, for a medical term, but a baby is a baby. When that baby is conceived, that's when that baby is a baby. 
Did you know when Mary walked over to her cousin's house, Elizabeth, and the Bible says that when she walked in the room, John the Baptist on the inside of Elizabeth leaped in her belly because he recognized the baby that was on the inside of Mary? Did you know in the United States of America, in a lot of places right now, it would have been legal to murder John the Baptist that day if that mother had wanted to? A baby is a baby is a baby. And listen, I don't, it doesn't matter how they reword it. You can't, you can't call quiche egg casserole and it really be egg casserole. You can't just rename something because you don't like it and you're not comfortable with it. This Bible is, is not negotiable. This Bible is not, it, it, it doesn't bend. The word of God is defined. Certainly we see through a glass darkly. So there's things that we have to explain uh, uh, to the best of our ability. And some things we won't fully understand until we're actually with the Lord. But there are some things that are really clear. And every time there was a massive move of God coming, what they tried to do was kill the babies. When the Israelites were in Egypt making bricks and building the Egyptian kingdom. The, the, the Egyptians looked and they said, man, these, these, these Israelites that are our slaves, they're getting stronger than we are. What we need to do is we need to kill every single baby boy that's born. Because they didn't know that, that all they knew is a deliverer might be coming. They just didn't know who. So infanticide, killing of babies, was the whole plan to try to stop the Israelites from getting free. When a guy named Herod at the time heard that the king of the Jews was going to be born in Bethlehem because some wise men, somebody say wise, wise men were seeking this new king of the Jews by following the star. Herod said, I tell you how we're going to deal with it. Kill all the babies. Because killing babies has been the devil's plan since the beginning of time. So it doesn't matter what how popular it gets. You're going to have to make the decision as a certain type of Christian that says, I, I'm not trying to be ugly about it. I'm not trying to point the finger at you if you've ever had an abortion. I believe God can, God's forgiven you. I believe that baby is in heaven. I believe you can have a wonderful life. But I'm not going to change what the Bible said because you're not comfortable with dealing with some choices that you made. You got to stand on what the word says. I'm gonna give you one more. You ready? Can you think we can handle one more? Because right now I feel like I'm I'm talking about my eyeballs are like this. Like that brother just say that. That brother just say that. Oh my God. Our church exists to love people, point them to Christ. Our church does not exist. To love Christ and point at people. That's called religion. So in the process of understanding everything I just said about some non-negotiables. Those are two big ones, especially in America. They're not as big other places, by the way. But in America, we're, we're really trending right now in a certain direction. But, but in the process of standing, you have to understand we are not loving Jesus and then arrogantly pointing at people. 
We are loving people and saying, no, no, no. He will forgive you like he forgave me. Do you feel the difference there? Come on, give God a hand of praise. Matter of fact, let's just pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask you to forgive us. Forgive our nation. Forgive our nation from turning from turning from your statutes. We're asking you to make us like Ezekiel saw, that wheel within a wheel. We're asking you, Lord God, to forgive us for decisions as a country that are contrary to your word. We're asking you to help us, Lord God, to heal in this area. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, moving on. First off, you're going to worship something. Secondly, there are certain that are going to experience different things than others. There are certain of the Jews that you said over the affairs. Verse 13, Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Verse 14, Nebuchadnezzar spake. <laughs> I usually change it to spoke when I'm reading it, but it's actually spake in the King James They put a lot of A's where O's went. All right, here we go. Nebuchadnezzar spoke and said unto them, Is it true, guys? Shad, Meshach, Abednego, do you not serve my gods nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, here's the deal, boys. I'm going to give you one last shot. If you're ready, that at the time that you hear the cornet, flute, harp, sack, but sultry, can you play some sultry music there? Thank you. (laughs) Sultry and dulcimer. And all kinds of music. You fall down and worship. I'm going to give you one more shot to fall down and worship the image that I have made. And if you do, it'll go well with you. But if you don't worship, you're going to be thrown the same hour into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Verse 16. Shadrach. Meshach and Abednego answered and said to the king, Oh, Nebi, Nebi, Nebi. <laughs> we are not careful to answer you in this matter. I'm going to wrap this up in about five minutes. Lock in with me if you can. We don't even have to reply. That's what he said. The reason that we're not careful to answer you is we already decided. You called us here because you saw our decision. You got to decide before you get there. Number three, decide now. Not too long ago, I was on a Disney cruise. A couple things I'm good at. One, cruising. Two, cruising. It's one of Disney cruise. I don't know if you've ever been on a Disney cruise. If you hadn't, it's awesome. But our kids like to go sometimes to the kids club. And so they go and they play and they got all the games. And, you know, Minnie the Mouse comes and all that stuff. And, and Captain Hook. And Walker Lee was in there. Walker Lee, he's 10, our 10-year-old. He came out of a, a kids club one time. He said, Dad. I said, yeah, but He said, uh, he said, they told me to stop talking about Jesus at Kids Club. So I take my shirt off, <laughs> head to Kids Club. <laughs> so I said, oh? I said, what'd you do? He said, oh, I just told him, I'm sorry, but I'll never stop talking about Jesus. 
I said, well, that's correct. Good job. I said, well, if they, if they, if they say anything else, you just let me know. He goes, it's cool, Dad. I took care of it. I'm like, all right. So the end of, that was the beginning of the week. The end of the week where the kids want to sing karaoke. It's the last night of the cruise. So we met up with Crystal. She was at the bar. Y'all tell her I said that. She was at the bar. And if you've ever been on a cruise, the reason she, she was at the bar is because they, they, they reuse the rooms for different things. So they use the bar for the karaoke because it had a stage in the back. So we're at Crystal's Tavern, praise the Lord. The kids are singing. I can't remember what they were singing. They were singing something. It was good. And everybody's clapping, whatever. And we get done, and, and somebody comes up and says, excuse me, are these your kids? And I said, what'd they do? They said, they said, they said, well, I said, we just want to tell you, we see thousands and thousands and thousands of kids. And there's something real special about your kids. I said, yeah, you're right. Thank you. They said, they said, did you know your son, one, one young man came over, which was the guy who told him how to talk about Jesus. He said, your son wrote me a letter. I said, oh. He said, yeah. I said, can I see it? He said, yeah. He said, Tarek. His name was Tarek. He said, he said, I want you to know that God has a plan for you. Wow. He's nine at the time. God has a plan for you. Thank you so much for all the fun times that we had in Kids Club. But I'm going to be praying for you. And I know that you have a great life ahead of you. Your friend, Walker Lee. So Tarek is there, and now he's got Tarek and this other young lady, and they got these bags full of free Disney stuff. If you've never been to Disney, let me just tell you something. Like, a Coke is like $763. And when you get there, I don't know if it's the pixie dust or what, but you're like, yes, give me that Coke. That wasn't feminine, was it? Okay. If it is, can we cut that out? Okay. That's my jam. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. So now we're in the bar. We're in Crystal's Tavern. Tarek brought Walker's letter, and they gave him, all my kids these bags full of just Disney stuff. It was probably like, you know, street value, $2.3 million. It was like two stuffed animals and a Mickey Mouse ears. And they're like, we just wanted to give this to you. And I wish I could think of his accent. But anyway, because he was, I think he was from uh, Great Britain. But anyway, tea and crumpets maybe, whatever. He gives these bags. And, and so we're sitting there and they're like, what? What is it about your kids? And I said, here we go. I said, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. They said, they said well, what do you mean? I said, what you sense when they talk and the girl began to wipe away tears standing in the bar it's now after midnight on a Disney cruise in the middle of the Caribbean I said that's the Lord see they know him and they love him and he loves them and what you're sensing even now is his presence. 
I said, wow. And they said, well, you guys have sure done good with your kids. I said, yeah. I said, thank you for saying that. I said, but I'm telling you what it is. This is God. I said, if you would really like to see the best side, you should ask them to pray for you. Everybody's walking by the hall. Everybody's walking by with those big drinks. People are laughing. But in the middle of this bar, there's a moment happening. And all of a sudden, they said, well, how do we do that? I said, well, just ask them. So we're sitting there. I said, well, Walker, would you pray for me? And Walker said, yeah, sure. Now, I want you guys to get an accurate picture because Walker was wearing a specific outfit. Y'all show him what Walker was wearing. <laughs> so he's dressed like a raccoon. And we're standing there and he's got, he's got his mask is like on top of his head at this moment. His tail, he's got a tail that's just, you know, the bushy tail. He's Rocket the Raccoon from some movie. And so he's sitting there with his head up holding the bag that they just gave him. And they said, can you pray for me? And he's like, sure, I can pray. Raccoons can pray. Here we go. So like, well, what do we do? He said, no problem. So let's just stand in a circle and pray and see what, and hold hands, see what happens. And they said, okay, so like this, like this. So here we are in the bar, Crystal Tavern, Raccoon Walker standing there. And, and Walker Lee starts to pray. And your kids pray like they've heard you pray. And he, we all hold hands. He's got his raccoon mask on top of his head. He closes his eyes. I got my eyes open because I want to see what happens, you know. And all of a sudden he says, Almighty God, I thank you in the name of Jesus Christ for our two friends. I thank you for this Disney cruise. I thank you for the blessing that they've been to me. I thank you for the blessing that they've been to my sisters. I thank you that they played with us and helped us. And I'm asking you, Lord God, to heal their bodies and heal every family member that they had. And I'm asking that your presence would invade who they are. I'm asking you that you would let them know that you love them and that you would never leave them and you would never forsake them in Jesus' mighty presence and holy name. Amen and amen. And now they're really emotional. And I said, this is the Jesus I'm talking about. And it dove into a beautiful conversation with these two young adults about what Jesus really is. And the week started with the young man telling Walker, you can't talk about him here. And it ended with the young man asking him to talk to Jesus on his behalf. You've got to stand for what God says. And you don't make the decision in Kids Club. You have to make the decision before you get there. You don't know when it'll happen. It might happen the next time you're wearing your raccoon outfit. I got a lot more to teach, but I'm going to stop right here. Can we give God a big hand of praise? Stand to your feet. Listen, it's been a beautiful service today. Don't forget, you're going to worship something. Let your life worship who He is.
understand certain are going to experience more than others. And you've got to decide how you're going to react before you get to that moment. Because you're not going to be able to make a decision in that moment. It's it's too easy to get pushed aside. But if you've already made up your mind, you say, well, if I get thrown in the fire, I get thrown in the fire, my God can deliver me and he will deliver me. But I'm not bowing just because it's become popular. But at the exact same time, I'm not going to get in the religious ditch either and act like I love God so much it somehow has empowered me to point my twisted finger at everybody else. No. We're going to love people. Come on, say it with me. We're going to love people and point them to Christ. Give God one more big hand of praise. Father, bless your people coming in and going out in the city and the field this day and every day in Jesus. Come on, give him one more big hand of praise this morning. God bless you. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.